What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert, the weekly comic book discussion show. Gentlemen, it is early in the morning. Well, it's not early anymore. We got together early in the morning, my <laughs> friends. This is different for me. You know how you go into the movie theater? Yeah. And then you come out and you're like, it's still daytime? This is weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was dark and it should be night. So yeah, yeah. it's Saturday morning. We're recording it. Hopefully that means you'll get the episodes a little sooner because we've adjusted our scheduling. Uh, I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Brian. Hey, hey. No. What's up? Len. A AKA the Bad Tribble. Holler yeah, at your up? boy. You didn't do any of the. Well, because I didn't want to like, like, like one syllable. Oh, I say, I say. <laughs> um, so as I said, we're here to ruin this week's books for you. It's called Spoiler Alert for a reason. But first, we're going to ruin some emails. Emails! Letters. We got letters! We got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters! letters. Uh, this is from Pink Apocalypse, longtime listener. Oh, uh, I've missed Pink Apocalypse. Friend of the show, Pink Apocalypse. I don't know. Is that is that accurate? Um, yeah. Everyone's a friend yeah, of the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. The airing yeah. part says, I would love to hear you guys talk about the DC TV series Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover coming up. They're going to have three Superman guys. Three! The current Supergirl Superman, Smallville Superman, and Ralph's Superman Returns Superman. I'm one of the six people in the world who love that movie. Fight me. They're ignoring the toilet flush Snyder Superman. Excitement, all caps, exclamation points. Of course, if you guys have already talked about this and I'm just not aware of it due to being behind on podcasts, this request becomes awkward. Well, hmm. we can't have because it hasn't started yet. Right. But to be fair... Uh, there have been times where I've waited almost a year to read someone's email. So by the time I got to this a year from now, we may have already discussed it on the podcast. She's not wrong. Um, so I think the, the one thing we noticed about that is we don't – the curious bit is, is it the Superman Returns Superman that Brendan Routh is playing or – Ah, yes, Kingdom the Come. Kingdom Come one. Or are they the same one? Is this the Kingdom Come version of from Superman Returns continuity? Also, too, I'll, I'll push back. I actually don't think that Tom Welling is going to play Superman. In, in the press releases and everything they're saying, he's returning to the role of Clark Kent. I bet you they're still just going to have him be Clark Kent. Oh. Just put that poor kid in a suit, man. I would I mean, like give to him see. A oh, wait a minute, but at the end of Smallville, you see for yeah. open t-shirt. That's it. And you do see him flying from a distance. Oh, you see yeah. his head disembodied on like yeah. on a CG. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it yeah, was yeah, all yeah. CG. The problem was you saw the character flying. I, I, they couldn't afford a suit for the poor guy. He, that was Brandon Routh's Superman Returns. That was Brandon Routh's yeah, suit, yeah. so they were, he was able to fit into part of it, I guess. Right, and they were like, right. we'll just shoot the part you can fit into. Right. I think also he didn't want He never wanted to. He fought against it. Yeah, he only agreed to do the show because they, they pitched it as no flights no right. tights like the entirety of the show was not supposed to be superman at all well yeah but you had to know he was at the end of the, the last show episode. putting on the suit i think yeah. even in the last episode i think he had he had fought against having him really show. i am not 100 percent. and you know who knows i didn't hear him say that yeah <laughs> you also, know the show shouldn't have like 
for all intents and purposes, shouldn't have been ten seasons. I I watched, and he probably never thought it was going to be ten years yeah. Yeah. of his life right. of right. building into to be Superman. The original plan, probably, and like the the hope of any like showrunners yeah. is like at season five we're going to do that big old reveal at yeah, the end. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah, go yeah. out strong, and then it's just like you're picked up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess someone drank a uh, kryptonite milkshake this week, guys. Is that what happened? Actual it was plot Amy of the Adams, show. right? <laughs> was it Amy Adams? Oh, that's right. She yeah. started like her mouth would get real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn, that it. show yeah, was yeah. terrible. Show. We, should, <laughs> I watched, we should watch it in podcast all because I watched all of it and I still have it on DVD. Let's do it. Let's do wow. It. I will do it. I will hate watch it all over again. <laughs> ah! um, so I think also since this was written, they released that photo of him in the yes. Kingdom Come outfit. Yes. And it is phenomenal. It's I great. Have, great I photo. have not seen a Superman suit that I think looks as good <laughs> since Christopher Reeve yeah. Yeah. had that yeah. first one on. It's such a good suit. Yeah. I'm excited for the crossover. Mm -hmm. um, how, and, you know, they've announced so many people that are going to be in there. Um, Burt Ward's going to be in mm -hmm. there. We don't know whether or not he's going to be playing Robin or not. Um, I think they just announced that they got the Huntress from the old they Birds did. of Prey. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Series. Yeah. They got her in there. So it sounds cool. But there's a part of me, there's a little part of me that is like, eh. Because did you read about Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. who played Luthor yeah. Yeah, yeah. on Smallville? And he basically said, like, they were talking about they couldn't give me a script. Yeah. And they weren't really talking about any money. And I was like, uh, then no. Yeah. Well, they well, haven't written the script yet. I think they said they were yeah. having these conversations way earlier than they normally would because they wanted to be able to like get Who people can on we board. Include, right? right, right. If you, if you can't get that version of Lex, then right. why would you write him into the script? Right, I, I right. sort of get that. With Rosenbaum, yeah. too. I get his it, answer, too. His answer was basically about um, professional courtesy. Yeah. Hmm. It was like, you ask me to do this, you tell me to jump, you don't really offer anything up front, and I have no idea what I'm going to hmm. be doing. Pass. Yeah. yeah, which honestly, I don't blame. Him. I mean, it's understandable. I think, yeah, my answer would have been like, if y'all come back to me again, yeah, yeah. with a better, yeah. better presentation, hmm. better, you know, more ready, you know. Um, so thank you, Pink Apocalypse. Love it when you write in. We are looking forward to it. I don't know. Yeah. If oh, said that's that. right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I am oh, so yeah. far behind on all of those CW hmm. shows. Yes. yes. Is it still the CW? It or? is still yes. the CW. I always I get confused. To me, it's like <laughs> Channel Fifty Seven. Yeah. Uh, UPN. UPN. Right. Um. So. Uh, yeah, uh, but for the people, the mm. person, no. I'll I'll sit and watch them. Oh. I'll catch up. Oh yeah, I know, yeah. Brian. You you're it's you're still on board. And I, I am still on board. Yeah, I always miss like five episodes and catch up while mm -hmm. doing dishes. Mm -hmm. Like it's not something that's appointment television anymore, but I do uh, I do right. watch them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have another email. Oh, sorry, sorry. from Carl Carls. Uh, Hey, J.D., Carl Carls, your Tasmanian listener here. Got to say, down in Tasmania, down in Tasmania, here in Tasmania. I was kind of wondering if y'all were going to do that, and then you, you, you did it. Um, got to say, digging the new portions of the show, got to change or else you stagnate and die, so keep doing the Thunder Rounds. Thunder Round. They are pretty cool. As you know, I think your podcast is the best one around on pop culture. I do have a question, though. Why do you mainly cover only the big two publishers? Hmm. I know you do occasionally discuss image books, but more often than not, it seems to be DC and Marvel stuff that you and your compatriots discuss. Would love to hear you guys talk about some of the other publishers, but hey, if this not going to happen, 
Not going to die in a ditch over it. Hmm. As always, I really appreciate the fun and snarky approach that you all use. Keep up the good work. I love that email. Yeah, thank you. That's a good one. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been great emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More of these people. (laughs) Um, So, uh, listen, pull back the curtain a little bit. We're in our underwear. We're all (laughs) sitting around on beanie bags just discussing the books. Uh, This is how the show works. But... I think there are more DC and Marvel books every week that hmm. to keep up with than there are image books. And it's hmm. easier to keep up with DC and Marvel books because I've been reading them for nigh upon 30 years. And so if I pick up a random issue of Superman, I kind of know what I'm getting into. If I pick up a random issue of Realm, number hmm. 13, hmm. no idea what's going on. I haven't read the first 12 issues. And I think uh, the big two are easier to jump in and out of hmm. than... Um, indie books. That's not to say we don't enjoy the indie books, but um, that's sort of my answer. Of like mm-hmm. when we're picking the books, which mm-hmm. ones am I the most excited to to read? Are usually the the big two. Um, I save the indie books for more like binge reading, like trade paperback stuff. Yeah, it's there's um uh, having having had the pleasure of doing this with you guys for a while now. There's a there's a certain I personally have felt a certain kind of um responsibility to at least try and seek out some more indie books because my normal stack usually is filtered with them but just like jd says sometimes it's usually in trade or in uh the random issues because they frankly they just don't always come out at the Mm -hmm. same clip so you are Hmm. all in or you're you get lost Hmm. if you Mm -hmm. like miss a step whereas the marvel dc and basically also a lot of the image stuff is just all the time yeah um, well, for instance, you were telling me that Buffy and Angel is great. It is great. Mm-hmm. And I want to catch up on that because I'm genuinely interested in Buffy Angel mm-hmm. materials. But I'm also the type of person who's like, well, I mean, it's only like 20 issues. I should just start at number one. And right. you know, I'm not going to jump in right. mid, you know, mid-ride. you know, mid There's also, I think, and it's kind of like what you were saying about it's easy to jump in and out. Mm-hmm. But also, DC and Marvel are ongoing story universes that have kind of their own thing like dc as a whole is doing this or that and and you and you you jump in and out kind of by its nature whereas indie stories are more like here is this story you should read it from the start because it's only one story and it's only these characters and there's an arc and it will end you know that kind of thing it's it's easier to it's easier to jump on and off a boat that's always that's you know that's a terrible metaphor perpetual (laughs) second act like, we're yeah. always in the yeah, yeah, yeah. second act. So even if there's a false ending in hmm. a Spider-Man book where you can jump off if you want to, right. it's still always going. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. for the more finite kind of stories, which mm-hmm. most indie books are more finite kind of stories, right. um, it's important where you jump on. Mm-hmm. Or it's important what happened before. Exactly. It's a little even, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with things like long-running superhero fare like Kirkman's Invincible, there have been times where I've jumped into that and I went, wait, what's going on? But again, not a universe. You know what I mean? It's not supported by, like... Take that back. Well, it's not a universe with other... That is a universe. No, no, no. I mean, like, like, there's other books? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's the Astounding Wolfman, Guardian of the uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Were they all sort of one guiding guiding principle? You know, like... At first Would it you, was Kirkman okay, was okay. Yeah, Kirkman's ahead. Whereas anyway, okay, if you if you are reading Batman and then you want to pick up an issue of Superman, you might already know what Superman is up to from some stuff that's been going on in Batman right. or Justice League or whatever. So it's like 
your knowledge is supported by yeah. the other stuff that you're already reading. Good point. Oh, fantastic. Um, so uh, I would say to wrap that segment up, though, uh, we take recommendations. If there is yeah. something that you guys are out there and gals are reading, um, email us in and let us know, like, y'all should be reading this book. This indie book is dope. Um, or, you know, or on top of that, I should say, not or, but on top of, if you know that there's a break coming up where it'll be a good jumping on point, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I understand it's issue 13 or 23 or whatever, <clears throat> Let us know. Hey, th this is a great jumping on point. You guys should jump in on here. Yeah, we have straight up honored requests before. We yeah. just don't get them. And you'll be far better at knowing that because you're like in the swing of it. Right. Yeah. And one thing that we, we will do, just, you know, recognizing, trying to do our own due diligence, is that we will seek out those publishers that don't go through Diamond to see whether or not they would be interested in having us review their books. So stay tuned and we might be able to bring some more even further independent independence to you to listen to and check out well let's get on to the books my friends the books the books oh. that's action. the reason why we're here action oh. comics number 1015 hmm. jeez uh, <laughs> talk about jumping that in. is cool 1015 <laughs> is excellent the, jumping on points yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Zyman Kudransky, Diamond has this to say, Breakout Wonder Comics hero Naomi makes her Metropolis debut as the teen hero looks to Superman to help her navigate her unexpected new role as a hero in the DC Universe. Hoping to answer the remaining questions about her origin, lineage, and greater purpose on Earth, Naomi not only gets the attention of the Man of Steel, but also Gotham City's Dark Knight detective as Batman takes an interest in her quick rise to prominence. Now, gentlemen. Yes. I because she was showing up in action and I knew we were going to be talking about it. I went back and read the entire N Naomi miniseries, mm -hmm. her introduction mm -hmm. by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, Jamal Campbell. Campbell. Campbell, thank you. Mm. Yeah, beautifully illustrated book. Part of this uh, uh, Wonder Comics line, wasn't yeah. it? Was it? It's co-written oh, with yeah. Kev Walker too, right? Was it? Yeah, it's. Bendis yeah, I think he Walker. did have a co-writer on oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, they, yeah, they created the character together. Oh, I did mm. not know that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, she's great. Uh, I did. I having read the whole thing, I think that. It meandered a little bit. Um, there was a lot of her, like, just asking, well, who am I? What's going on? What's mm. what's happening? What's what's my origin? Anyone going to tell me my origin? <laughs> and then in the last two issues, oh, here's your origin. So, um, you know, but I think that's Brian Michael Bendis. That's sort of how he do. But um, I did want to see how she's going to interact with the larger DC universe as a whole, and I thought this was a great way to introduce her, mm. where she's like, I have powers. What should I do? I'll go talk to Superman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so to people um, with powers. Yeah. So what did you guys think? Uh, I agree. I liked it. I liked that aspect of it specifically. That it was like, oh, this, this would be a smart thing to do. And I liked that Superman and Batman also liked that. Like, mm -hmm. they were into... They appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, hey, you made a good choice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This was the this was the most expedient way to not cause yeah. havoc. Yeah, you know, yeah. Without outwardly saying it, they were immediately impressed with her selflessness. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's right, not yeah. what I can do. It's what... Hmm. what i can like it's, and it was it's, like an it's, hour it's and a half where, like i don't know what i could do mm -hmm. it's not look what i could do <laughs> yeah. oh, wait how is this an hour and a half or this is an hour and a half after she learned that she could fly but she right. already well, knew that she had powers actually, um at it's the end bendis of... writing i don't think it's literally an hour and a half uh, i think that's her, using her oh purpose. like an hour and a well, half it's actually been... the way i read it because at the end yeah. of naomi she flies off at night yeah, well i okay okay so it's not an hour. What I'm saying is, it's not been an uh, actual hour and a half. But she, did she not always know she could fly, and that's what's been an hour or whatever? Or is well, like the, the, the interesting thing is, she shows up to talk to her best friend to be like, "I just found out my origin. I got superpowers. Isn't uh -huh. this dope?" And the friend goes, "How did you get here?" And she's like, 
I don't know. <laughs> How did I get here? Because um, I don't think she knew she could fly. I don't know if maybe that's another aspect of her abilities oh, okay. that we're not sure of. Maybe okay. if she thinks of a thing, she can do it. Or oh, okay. So yeah. I think that's still a question. Okay. But yeah. she oh, can definitely That's an fly. interesting idea. So did she grow up on Earth, Earth One? Yes. Okay. So she didn't realize that she was from another Earth or nope. she did? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it. she grew up in Oregon um, with a normal family hmm. and just doing normal, normal shit. Normal-ish. Okay. Normal-ish, hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as she knew. <laughs> yeah, more. yes. It's, it's a it's a fun book. Uh, it's a really fun book, actually. Mm. I liked it a lot. Mm. Yeah. Did you Sorry notice that Naomi. Bendis? Oh, yeah. Naomi. Yes. So. Uh, he seems to be coining a term for people with abilities that is power. Did you oh. notice he uses that a couple of times? He's like, "Oh, this power is doing this now," or whatever. Or like, "Oh, I didn't notice that." Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Superman says it when he's fighting the red. Mist. Gaseous mist. Yes. The red gaseous. The red gaseous. <laughs> that sounds. That sounds clinical. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. No. Ah oh, yes, the red gaseous. Uh yes. But that makes that makes sense because you know you've got mutants, you got metas, so you know you yeah. come up with your own you know language. Well, he called he called them vocabulary. literally in powers though. He actually called like what was it seeps. Powers or seeps? Uh, I did not read either one of those. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what he <laughs> said do, in do powers. They them, like, do they call them powers like nouns? Like, like you are a power yeah. now that you think, have superpowers. Or was it just soups or capes? Maybe I think it was, it was capes. I, th I think it was capes. It was capes. Yeah. My bad. Uh, either way, it's not a it's not a foreign paradigm for his writing. So right. Kind of come up with a new nomenclature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It works. It's a little confusing because you also talk about their powers. Right. You know, like, what right. powers does that guy have or whatever? And if you start calling them power, I like meta, personally, yeah, for meta DC. Is good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they, but meta is, isn't meta Marvel? No, that's DC. They, oh, is it DC? Okay. Yeah, yeah, when, um, what was, was it? Mutants? Legends or something? Well, I they think the metas it. were not the mutants. Well, I think meta human is DC, and then they shortened it to metas. Okay. Um, uh, I have a hot take on this book. All right. Bendis is doing really good. <laughs> oh, that was a hot. That was yeah. a hot take, brother. I, if, I, if, I, if this wasn't on the stand, I would drop this mic and make <laughs> mouth noises. It's great. Uh, I'll tell you what I don't like. These shoulder pads, they got to go. For well, Naomi, I mean, they de are big. Depending, depending on the artist, they change in size. Yeah. I hate them. They well, weren't this big. They're not this big on the cover. They weren't this big in her series. <laughs> also, like, her best friend, when she shows up in her <laughs> costume, she goes, shoulder pads? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not really a fan of the art in general. Mm. It's not this book is. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, like the coloring is kind of cool, but the the art itself is just like really. There's some scenes that are like the opening is great because you see like you know her POV of her flying, and that's kind of fly, the way that goes in the for those first few pages. Well, that's pulling directly from Batman Universe. No, oh, no, from, from Naomi. From, from, oh, from you okay. saw that POV a lot, in Naomi. Uh, right. Yeah. So, and and I and I like that, but then once Superman comes down with his Thor cape, oh, I'm where like, it kind of like sits up from yeah, his shoulder. That I'm is like, odd. Yo, yeah, I'm just really just. I, I noticed that too. I was like, you can tell that it's a real thick fabric. <laughs> right. Like real heavy, like yeah. one of those weighted blankets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know maybe what I mean? it's maybe he's cold. The suit that maybe he is wearing kind of looks. Yeah dense too it just took me out of it uh a little bit yeah, i mean this is to me not a level no dc art mm. now now to be fair there are some bits that i like like uh -huh. the whole idea of um where you see superman flying and she can't really 
match how to fly straight so she's like flying <laughs> all over the place you know um that's yeah. that's that's cool it's a cool bit it's just that the the art itself kind of like I, left I, me cold. I didn't realize this until um like the second time kind of leafing through this book just because i read it in a and not in a rush just like i read through it because I, I wanted to see what comes next but i just realized how much the artist took liberty with naomi's size Yes, all over the place. She jumps uh, around. Well, I mean, she's she's clearly a very real girl mm-hmm. in the the book and Naomi, her actual series. And here she, her hips got a lot smaller. Mm. Yeah, her shoulder pads got a lot bigger. Mm. She's more svelte, and I I didn't really like it. Like mm. I think she was she's just a great design and a great character. You don't need to gussy her up and make her look more shiny in air quotes. Also. He does an interesting thing here that uh, I always notice when people do this, and it kind of bothers me. When he draws Superman's feet, Superman's wearing socks. Yeah, I saw that you too. See the, you yeah. see the bottom of his feet, yeah. and they are just thick socks. Yeah, yeah. You can mm-hmm. see the outline of his toes and everything. And to me, I think Superman's wearing shoes, hmm. boots. I mean, boots. he doesn't need he doesn't need protection though. That's you know true. what I mean? It's, it's all true. just why not be able to breathe? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Don't you want sweaty toes? <laughs> exactly. That's why Omni Man never had shoes. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. And invincible. Oh, he never wears barefoot. Was he? No, I think at one time had boots, but when he came back after all that shit, he literally had no shoes. That's funny. Yes, just barefoot. Now, Brian. Yes. Having not read Naomi. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of? Like, are you interested in her now that she's shown up in action? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I was a little predisposed to like her because Noel had sent a message to us saying how like awesome her. she was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought it was a good introduction to the character. You know, meeting Superman and Batman and just mm-hmm. discovering your powers yeah. is a good way to be introduced to a character. Yeah, I'm always- I, I like the way that she she met him. Like, we, we mentioned how, mm-hmm. you know, she... It's not a fight. She's right, going there right. out of respect. Like, this, and intelligence. Yo, this this is where I go. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I, I like that aspect to the character. Um, I thought that also spoke to her being a a young person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you there are people that you look up to. Well, mm-hmm. who are you going to look up to if not Superman? Right. So <laughs> right. that made sense to me. So I, I like that. And I dig the character. I only read the first issue mm-hmm. of the miniseries, but I enjoyed it a great deal. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm a trade guy, so I'm waiting for that to come out, and I'll, I'll snatch that up. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I like her. Mm. I like what's happening with her. Yeah, when they show, when people put a lot of effort into a new character in an established universe, I'm always a little bit curious in the back of my mind. I wonder how long this person's going to last. Right, this right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to follow. Look at those shoulder pads. I'm curious to follow her um, and see uh, if she has staying power. You know, yeah. Because I've done this a bunch of times with a bunch of different characters. I'm sure. Just, and I'm just always kind of like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. I mean, they usually don't last forever, but then sometimes they'll come back. You know, I'm thinking of the like bloodlines characters or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and then you see them again later. And if they were, if you were into them, you're like, oh, sweet. Hey. Yeah, Naomi's yeah. back, but. Yeah, could she could be around for 10, 15 years? Who knows? Yeah, she's pretty malleable. He's, I, yeah, um, yeah. I think he even hinted at her joining Young Justice at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's she's definitely all, yeah she's, she's going to be all over upcoming the place. solicitations. Yeah. cool. Uh, Powers of X number five, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by R. B. Silva. A Cerebo does as it was intended to do. Sinister does what Sinister does best, mm. and the future comes to an end. 
Uh, Once blah, again. Blah, blah. Continuing the reshaping of X history alongside breakout artists. The future of the X-Men begins here. Well, it's like this is the past now. Right. Now. Now. Actually, right now. Yeah. Are we, Wait, no, now, now, now is now. Yeah. Now, now? Right now. Well, it starts every right time. Right now. Uh, now, Len, yes. you only read this book when it's on the show, right? Yes. So how many issues of this 12 issues have you read so far? How many episodes have I done of, of two? Two. two. I think this one? is the second one. I want to say third, third one. Uh, I believe this is the, the, either the second or the third. Oh, I think you've done one House of X, one Powers of Ten, yes. and then this one. Yes. Okay. So two powers, powers of Ten is winning. It's so right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to throw you under the bus there, Len. What did you think as a, as a, someone who's sort of reading it? Again, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Um, Were you confused by anything? The, there's some stuff that I'm not really on, like catching. I think there's like little like the um, relationship between Charles and Forge. You mm. know, I, I'm like okay. Where are they with each other? You know what I mean? Because mm. Charles looks like he looks like he's like Lex Luthor, and 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 like he, <laughs> he looks evil and he sounds evil yeah. in, in that first part. So I I was a little unsure about that, but enough is happening with it that I'm intrigued. Mm. So I definitely want to stay on. Mm. There's a part of me that also is like, you know, these books are real talky. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These, oh, books, yeah. these books are <laughs> yeah. this is this I mean this is this is a lot of this is a lot of mm. this is a lot mm. of talk. A lot of gabbing. Mm. A lot of gabbing. And then when they're not gabbing, Hickman has written a page of words. So I'm like yeah. I'm like, whew. Yeah. <laughs> um powers of text. I agree. Ah, ah. <laughs> I agree with that. So I know when I'm getting ready to sit and read this that I'm gonna wait until I am prepared to sit mm -hmm. and read this. Um, but that does not affect my enjoyment of the book. There are so many, mm. Chris Claremont, for instance. Mm. When I open up a Chris Claremont book, I go, oh, that's a lot of text. And then I oftentimes won't finish it mm. because I just get bored. Yeah. Uh, but this book, I have not had that problem with a single one of these issues. Even if I put it down and come back to it, I'm like, oh, I got to go finish that mm. House of X. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to go finish that House of X. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for both for sure. The art Definitely. sells it though. I will do give you oh, that. Oh, the art is, the art is beautiful. Artists are so yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you guys notice that Charles Xavier is in the chair at that time? I don't think yeah, so we've seen yeah, him in it's it's right. Your, so um, we have. I thought with him with Forge. Oh, I thought in this, this in this timeline time he didn't. Well, don't think timeline. Think time period. So for this instance, mm. this whole all of the this conversation with Forge is. The Xavier, like almost the militant, incredibly knowledgeable Xavier, because he is aware of everything Moira has told. Sure. Him. So it's no longer. It's uh, imagine taking Xavier and 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 kind of scrubbing him of of a false sense of hope, and with false. And, well, I mean, <laughs> I yeah. guess things don't always turn out for the best. When it comes for to him, Professor right. Xavier, it's a false right. sense of hope. Right. Like, here's right. all the ways that you <laughs> have failed. Look. <laughs> True. So, and, and but then imbue him with the knowledge of like the tactical knowledge of how to get like what it done. you could do. Right. So that's where these conversations are coming from. Wait, what does that have to do with him being in a wheelchair? Well, it's the the first the first chunk of it, the, the first year of it. Also, too, in one of in the back matter or in the middle matter mm -hmm. of um the last the middle matter. The right? middle matter. There's the, so much matter. <laughs> yeah. You got to differentiate of the last of the last issue. It talks about uh -huh. husks and how you can put. 
True, and away. you can just yeah. And yeah, yeah, Xavier yeah. has done it three times. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those bodies yeah, you yeah, can yeah. walk in are actual. I just thought he wouldn't have. Him. I guess it changes what caused him but to be th- in the but wheelchair. This, but this yeah. scene specifically is in year one. It's this is the he's just forming the X Men. Yeah. Which is so funny he's still to in me the chair because it's not really year one. Right. It feels like right. he's been around for a while. It feels yeah. like instead of I think it's Hickman's way of saying present day air quotes mm-hmm. but because he's doing powers of 10 it's year right. one or like no, the no, beginning is, of is the it yeah, yeah 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 oh, really? yeah yeah present day well see here's the thing though he's got i thought that too i thought it was especially in the beginning of the book where mm-hmm. he's first sitting down with moira mm-hmm. at, on the on the bench yeah but the thing that gave me pause about that is in this very conversation with him he and forge Forge goes, you're on, what, the third generation of Cerebro? Yeah. So within the first year of forming the X-Men, he has three Cerebros? I think year is a little metaphorical. It's like yeah. like Era period of time one. Which is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, is that what you were saying? Oh, no, okay, no. Yeah. I did say present day. You're right. It is right. the past. But it's not. It's the beginning. Exactly. Right. Year First one. Or. Yeah. There we go. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Right. 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 There's right. 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 Yeah. And could right. also be like some stuff happens as the lead up to year one. You know, like as has been revealed in regular X-Men continuity. He was doing things before the founding of the X-Men. Um, that's how I took that. Yeah. Did you guys notice also that he has. Of course you noticed if you read it. that He has. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, he has uploaded uh, a previous copy of his mind twice yeah right so there are things that he has done that he doesn't know that he has done yeah i find that to be a very cool concept you know or i'm intrigued and interested as to what those things are going to be yeah i I always well we had a a mini discussion about this previously when we were talking about clones yes yeah Yeah. um and what makes a what you know what makes a soul what makes a person a person and And we got to the bottom of that did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we figured that one out. We should well, go I mean, back and relive yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're not people anymore. It's just more along the lines of I, I feel like um, when comics have done this before, they're very explicit about how the clone is not the real person. Yes. Like the clone saga, um, other like. Right. It's, think... it's always been about how the clone is the other. This one didn't even bother with that conversation. They were mm-hmm. like, you know what? Fuck it. They're back. Yeah, here's how it's them. It's yeah. their mind. So I thought it was interesting yeah, that yeah, they yeah. went that way instead of you know the trope of <gasps> they're clones, the philosophical, right. or even yeah. arguing if a clone is a person and is it the same person are two different questions. Well, and a lot of them even say, kind of "What I was trying to say before." Some yeah. of them even go so far as to be like, "Is it even a person?" And you're like, no, "Yes, not. yeah, it's, it's a person. person, definitely a person, <laughs> right. definitely yeah. a person, <laughs> right? But the same, person. yeah, yeah." So like you know, right, 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 right. How do you feel about the 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 bit with um... Emma? Emma and Charles and Magneto. I dig it. Yeah, it's it's, bureau- it's a it's diplomatic bureaucracy. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and like I like it. the whole like I like those setup things where it's yeah. like, all right, we're gonna move the pieces around in this way, and to accomplish something great, and using characters that you already know is is fun. And what if they, mm-hmm. what if they uh, did this kind of? I mean, that's what the whole book is about. But I thought this is a good example of it. Yeah, especially when they go. All right, so Emma, here's the plan. We got an island. We're gonna put all the mutants on the island. And she goes, "Hold up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what? Do I've you seen this want movie. to do that? Yeah, yeah, I've right. seen this notion <laughs> right. before. Right. Yeah, so I didn't even think of that. But yeah, it's 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 nice, yeah. and, it's, and it, it shows you that not all of the mutants were on board with right, everything right. Charles and and, and oh, like Eric Namor's. Doing. Oh, that was a cool scene. Yeah, Namor. Yeah, that was yeah. A cool scene. Oh, I forgot about. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Come see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the design of Namor. The design of Namor. Oh yeah, it is cool. Yeah, yeah. that's his new costume. He he had that in um, Avengers. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, that's like the menus. Ed McGinnis redesign, I think. Yeah, um, I, I did, for up until this issue, I did forget that um, Emma was a lone survivor of Genosha. Her oh. secondary mutation kicked in <gasps> as the bombs oh, dropped. She was right. she was teaching her class, oh. and all of her students disintegrated did, in front of her. And did she, that she, And she woke up in diamond. Right. Oh, right. Oh. Wow. It was Grant Morrison. How did so, that like, happen she, during this continuity, though? Right? Because is this, this not... Well, in this the, is... Is this present day when they're going to Emma? Yeah, this is um, okay. year, right. year 10. Right, right, right. Air quotes. Okay. Yeah. So something similar happened with Genosha. Probably yeah. not exactly well, the same. We have, but, to, we have yeah. to accept that it did happen because the whole... It seems like the whole purpose of his plan is to repopulate all of those extinction-level right. events. Right, right. And Genosha was one of them, 16 million. Right, so, you know, allowing that it did happen as mm-hmm. it happened. Right, just Which probably not why... the same way that it happened in the... In the continuity that we've always read, but some Genosha was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Does anyone know who this Exodus. guy is? Exodus. He was, an, he was one of the acolytes. M- yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I never read any of that stuff, but he was like an acolyte of Magneto and then maybe subsumed him, you know, like yeah. made a play for to be, or maybe Magneto was gone He's, and he took over the acolytes. He's very powerful. Arm yeah. lifting radius is very limited. Yeah, Those yeah, shoulder yeah. pads. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Those are like shoulder blades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Murder shoulders. <laughs> I will uh, stab you with my... Oh, and then, arm. of course, we get to the very, very end, you know, the oh, yes. year 1000. The phalanx. Yeah, X3, the X-Men year 1000. Right. The phalanx, and I don't 100% understand what's happening with all of that. Oh, no, me it's, neither. It's pretty solid, actually. Yeah. The, the idea that um, they invite... To survive as a species, they invited... They tried to make themselves um, look good to higher forms of existence, which the phalanx is mm. all of intelligence, mm. you know, in one form, and just it consumes intelligence. So they they went out of their way to make them look smart enough right, for, right. to be a part of this empire, so they yeah. don't die. Yeah, yeah. But the trade off was, oh, by the way, we're going to consume all of your matter, right? Wow. Your physical existence. So you you were you were yeah. hoping for a god, you got a predator. Hmm. So that's the whole thing with the family. Although he, Hickman does go to great lengths to um, to state that like the level, the beings that created the phalanx and who presumably work in tandem with them to a degree are like indistinguishable from your myths of gods. You know, um, so maybe they are builders and architects. Uh, <laughs> it rings a bell. <laughs> um, have you guys? One thing I noticed about Powers of X that was cool, I think they talk about how the the different black holes communicate with each other and may in fact be one entity. One right? network of, yeah. Right, one network. So have you guys come across online the comparison between the uh, neurons of a mouse and the known universe? Let's assume no. Okay, I will assume it. <laughs> and then uh, they look very similar to each other. Now, humans are like inherently kind of pattern-seeking individuals, but the picture of the known universe uh, kind of looks like the the strands of galaxies kind of connect in a way that is very similar looking to brain matter, neurons. Uh, so that reminded me that of that. Neat. If you look it up online, type in like mouse neurons, known universe. <laughs> I'm going to accept talking to saying. the listeners. Yeah, but yeah. the picture is cool. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I'm back in. There you the go. There you go. Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to Thunder Rounds because Brian's got a split. Got a split. Thunder uh, Round. 
Uh, so Thunder Rounds are basically a new segment wherein uh, each one of us gets 60 seconds to discuss a specific book. Uh, that way we can fit in more reviews per show, uh, less quality, yeah. more quantity. Oh, right. oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So we're going to set the timer for one minute. Brian, yes. uh, Strike Force number one, written yes. by Teeny Howard with art by Erman Peralta. you got yeah. 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Uh, it was an interesting book. Um, it did. It didn't like grab me uh, too much. I thought the idea of uh, why they don't tell the Avengers what's going on was interesting. Like, oh no, it's a, a a virus almost transmitted by thought, or just the idea in their heads is a problem. That was cool. Um, I didn't realize that a character that used to be called Captain Marvel and then I think Photon is now called Spectrum, mm -hmm. and she also apparently has the ability to dampen sound. Which I thought she could only do electromagnetic stuff. But, hey, whatever. More powerful. It's great. I'm into it. Um, and, you know, who knows. Also, I like Wiccan's costume. I think that's Wiccan. Or if he's still calling himself Wiccan. Um, yes, I think. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Neither of those things are endemic to this book but <laughs> alone. But we're cool. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it, could be, it could turn out to be a cool book. We'll see what, what the team does and whatever. But... I probably would not be that motivated to continue. End, end of, of round! round. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you do your own end of round. Uh, makes I know me how to play the game. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing your Thunder Round. Thunder Round. Uh, it's time for Noel's Thunder Round. Thunder Round. And you're going to be doing Relics of Youth, number one, written by Matt Nicholas and Chad Redman, art by Skylar Patridge. Who the, who's the uh, company? Go. Who's the company? Vault. Vault Comics. All right, so that's a couple seconds down. Um, this is an interesting book. Had, like, shades of lost, shades of early Brian K. Vaughn. It's essentially disparate people from all over the country um, uh, randomly have dreams about this island or visions. Then all of a sudden they wake up and they all have identical tattoos on them, and they find each other, get together, tattoos start glowing, and it becomes a compass to somewhere. So you've got these these random people that shouldn't know each other all together on one mysterious quest. One of the characters is um, seems to know more. Um, so it's it's one of those kind of like mysteries. The art is is a uh, is pretty fun and vibrant. It's a little rough sometimes, but I, I, it's, a, it's kind of what you expect from a from a comic of this size. Like they didn't throw all the money at it. It's like right. a lot of times. End you, of round. No. I didn't get anywhere with it. <laughs> Let me do it again. No. One take, bitches. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. We did Brian's. Oh, it's Len's turn. Do a New Mutants War Children number one written by Chris Claremont and art by Bill Sienkiewicz. All-star team. You got 60 seconds. Go. Okay. New Mutants number one is part of Marvel celebrating their 80 years of in the business, and this issue purports to be jammed back in the the uh, halcyon days of New Mutants when Chris Claremont and Bill Sienkiewicz were the you know the stars du jour doing this iteration of Mutants. Um, it's got the whole team is back together from Warlock to Magic to Cannonball, all the New Mutants that you lo you love from before. They're back in this issue, taking you back in time to those days of old, and it is. Just as crazy and yet slightly 
boring <laughs> um, and yeah. doesn't really do anything for you. Doesn't add anything to the story. You don't know where where they dropped in on the story. Absolutely makes absolutely no sense. Do not waste your time with this book. End, End of, of round. round. <laughs> That's so obnoxious. <laughs> oh, no, you wanted to do an extra one, so you got frown, another six. Always just hogging the spotlight. Amazing Spider-Man number. Hang on. I, oh, it's 30, but I did say I, I threatened last week I'll keep doing these until patrons start donating more. Oh, that's more. right. Yeah, once we get $100 on the Patreon, so I can do you'll four, shut up. I'm doing five more thrones. <laughs> Uh, I'm amazing, going through everything I read this week. Amazing Spider-Man 30, <laughs> written by Nick Spencer with art by Ryan Otley, 60 seconds go. So those that uh, continue to listen have heard that I last week I, I talked about a pet peeve uh, for crossovers and how I hate that they do time jumps and read it over here. This is how you do a tie-in correctly. They took a moment from the main title of Absolute Carnage and um, expanded it. Uh, and told uh, uh, a side story that actually propels the um, plot of the main of this main title. So it's actually kind of a good balancing act that a good writer knows how to do. Oh, was that thirty seconds? Yeah, that oh, was a thrown. You're right. Thrown. End of round. <laughs> <laughs> End of throwned. Well, okay, I get ten more seconds. Ryan Otley's great. No, nope, always great. Already no, 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 you're done. Thank you. All right, let's get back to relics of youth. Let's. Where did we? Oh, so Harleen number one, written. And drawn by Stefan Sejic, Diamond has this to say, The road to hell is paved with good intentions. On that road, I saw a pale man, and he smiled at me. Dr. Harleen Quinzel has discovered a revolutionary cure for the madness of Gotham City. She just needs to prove it actually works. But with the criminal justice and mental health establishments united against her, the brilliant young psychologist must take drastic measures to save Gotham from itself. Witness Harleen's first steps on a doomed quest that will give birth to the legendary supervillain Harley Quinn in this stunning reimagining of Harley and the Joker's twisted and tragic love affair by visionary storyteller Stefan Sejic. This is one of the Black Label books coming out of D.C., so it's an oversized, perfect-bound three-issue series, which I'm really enjoying that. Uh, it means that I have to buy magazine bags and boards for the first time, but mm -hmm. I, I do like this new oversized, um, especially with the artists that they've chosen. Um, yeah, when, it, when, it, when the art warrants this kind of format. Yes. Yeah. And so far, it seems as though the art in these books has warranted that kind of format, mm -hmm. except... Uh, we were talking about this off air. The only black label book thus far that doesn't have this oversized magazine format is one that I desperately would love it to be, which yeah. is the um, Last Night on Earth. Yeah, Batman. the Batman Last Night on Earth. As the only one without the oversized art format, I wonder how JRJR feels about that. He's <laughs> like, or no, is it? Oh, 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 no, no, it's Greg Capullo. Capullo. Greg Capullo. Yeah. And you know what? We don't know. Maybe Capullo was just like, nah, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually prefer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, night. Old, you know, old um, school. So, I mean, basically, this is just another retelling, uh, I would say, the Brian Michael Bendising version of the Harley Quinn yeah, it's origin protracted. story. Yeah. Um, and um, what did you think of it? Um, I, so I, I, how about this? I walked into this book with preconceived notions. Hmm. I'm not a giant fan of Harley as a main character. Oh, yep. really? I actually I prefer her as as uh, Stein. Like yeah, like um, she's she's a she's another version of the Punisher. Mm -hmm. Like when it's just her, I have trouble kind of like keeping with it because I can't identify with the main character. However, when they're part of a team or an ensemble, gotcha, it's like gotcha. oh, she's got that little that little bit of spice, like a, that Deadpool flavor that just mm -hmm. is better in a team yeah. uh, against other people. But gotcha. when it's just her, I have trouble really caring. Yeah. Um, also, I think that she's oversaturated the market, much like Deadpool. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Punisher skull. Like they're mm-hmm. just she's everywhere. Right. Um, and as far as I know, I've never read anything from him from Stepchen. Stepchen. I say Stefan Sejic. I don't know. I've I'm never just making re- it up. I've never read his writing. I've only ever seen his art, and his mm-hmm. art's beautiful. So I'm coming in thinking that's oh, a character I don't really care about. It's a it's a maybe a greener writer that's right. just more of an artist right. or slightly more of an artist, which is a preconceived notion. I understand that. So, and and the first couple of pages felt a, a little, little wordy, a little wordy, a little belabored, a little overwritten, mm-hmm. but somewhere in the middle. It just started to click, and I was invested in Dr. Quinzel's story. Agreed. It, I, I had the same it just, experience. It worked. Yeah, and by I, the end of it, I, the way that he, that um, that the writer-artist handles the Joker is just fascinating, because it's nothing new, but it's oddly more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, very good. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I'll be curious to see moving forward in the next two issues how we get from where she is now to mm-hmm. being in love and insane. Um, I'm, I've always been curious about that aspect of the of her descent mm-hmm. um, mentally. I've been curious about that switch that may have happened. Right. Um, and I've, it's never been presented in a way where I go, oh, I get it. I get yeah. how you went from this to being this. You know? Yeah, this is like a, a long, uh, like a slow burn. They're showing her nightmares, her dreams, her insecurities yeah. that are always bubbling under the surface and it yeah. just it's it seems as though it's going to just take that that spark that impetus which is right. him yeah. it's very interesting um my the i also went into it with some baggage which is i think that as a character she's fun and interesting especially her back in the day with the the cartoon mm-hmm. batman the animated series she was very fun mr j and all that but um the the status that she has up until recently been Oh, how romantic it is to be crazy and in love. And, you know, coming from a family where there's domestic abuse, I go, that's not fun. And that's not something to try to instill in your own life and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, something to aspire towards. Relationship goals. Yeah, Yeah. like, yeah. No. No, that is not how people want to be treated or how women want to be treated. Um, You know, and it's, it's definitely a problematic relationship that they have it's not one to aspire to it's it's a story worth telling Mm -hmm. that it exists but i'm more interested in um the newer version of harley where she has cast aside the joker Mm -hmm. um, because he really is insane and he's abusive so um yeah so i'm curious uh moving forward Uh, i've enjoyed the book um and i think the art's great uh i didn't really have any no real problems with it. Yeah, um, there were two things that I'd like to point out. Like the um, the the dialogue that the book this chapter closes on is perfect. And um, did you catch the uh, 1989 Batman kind of? Of course I did. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, you, Bob, you are my number, number one. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, one of the henchmen gets shot, and he goes, "Bob, you're him. my number one guy now," and he hands him the gun. Which I immediately was like, oh, poor Bob. Oh, Bob's not gonna... Bob's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this was really well done. I, and also, too, I, when they first introduced the Joker, I'm like, great. It's it's like handsome Hot Topic Joker. That's fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, that, but, that took me out of it, but I didn't like that. But like they change his, like, depending on how she's, her dreams or what's happening, they change his visage yes. sometimes. So, yeah. like, 
Um, I think with the art, he has found a way to kind of balance the grotesque with how that can become attractive, mm -hmm. which is, again, something I didn't expect to be challenged with when reading this book specifically. There was another reference to the films where it's um, the, uh, the version from the movies of her, mm -hmm. of, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman, um, yeah. Uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, this, um, this, is a, this is a fun book. I didn't expect this. I would like this on my list. Oh, I will put it I on didn't your order list. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked up a copy out of state. Um, oh, I also liked the interesting characterization of Harvey Dent in this book. Yeah, he's, he's a he, yeah good. Oh, I was just he's a. Um, it's not that he's a no nonsense prosecutor. He is a all numbers prosecutor. He doesn't necessarily. He believes in the system corporal like for corporal punishment for yeah. for the the uh, the. I guess he just really didn't really didn't care too much about. Mm -hmm. Rehabilitation yeah. and recidivism. It's just more along the lines of they did bad, they yeah. get punished. Yeah. Yeah. And because of your work, Harleen Quinzel, um, all of the lawyers are going to be using this as their defense from now on. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the way that you're trying to um, establish that the fight, the flight or fight response within the brain also deadens the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, it was empathy. Empathy. Yeah. D dead your empathy. They're going to be like, well, they're not able to be empath empathetic, and that's why they're so evil. Get them out of jail. So um, I see where he's coming from, but he's also kind of a dick about it, where he's just like, uh, you're going to stop doing this research. It's just like, no, no, I'm good. The I'm conversation good. with the coin is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, which I won't spoil. I, I think people should give this a shot. Also, the fact that the Joker... So basically... The the two have met in the beginning of the story. She's on her way home from the bar. Uh, Joker blows up some stuff, and he's got his henchmen, and is sort of like terrorizing her, holds a gun to her head, uh, and then winds up letting her live. And then when they meet again, when he's behind bars and she is the doctor, he doesn't quite recognize her. He's like, I, I, you, something about you is familiar, but I'm not sure what it was. Mm -hmm. And then mid-sentence, he bangs on the glass right in front of her face, and she jumps back, and she's horrified. She's, like, scared. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, now I know who you are, because he only recognizes her by the look of terror in her, her eyes. eyes. Yes, because he mentions he mentioned that when he, after their first meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's some really good stuff in here that I yeah. wasn't expecting. Very, uh, Some really, really good character beats. I... I I wonder how long he's had this this story stewing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's um, the announcement of it and the release of it seemed short. Yeah. Uh, and I we I know his art takes forever. Mm-hmm. And it's much more nuanced than I expected it to be with that kind of like turnaround. Yeah. It's it, this was really great. Yeah. All right. Moving on to safe sex or SFSX number Civics. one civics. Um, written by Tina Horn with art by Michael Dowling, notorious kink writer Tina Horn teams up with artist Michael Dowling of Unfollow and Death Sentence for Safe Sex, a social thriller about sex, love, and torture that reads like sex criminals in Gilead crossed with Ocean's 8 with a sunstone twist. In a draconian America where sexuality is bureaucratized and policed, a group of queer sex workers keep the magic alive in an underground club called the Dirty Mind. Using their unique bondage skills, they resolve to infiltrate the mysterious government pleasure center, free their friends, and fight the power. So, uh, this is a graphic book. It's a very graphic book, but it's a very, it's a very timely book. Mm -hmm. I think for these times, um, it's a book that made me actively angry, yeah. not at the book, but just at what is happening mm -hmm. in the book um, that that it really was like, whoa, that's like, this is some heavy shit, man. Yeah. Um, 
but it's it's deep it's cutting it it takes no prisoners um i think the bare bones of the story are pretty rote you've mm-hmm. seen them before mm-hmm. you a know hand, it's like handmaid's tale yeah well i'm not, not even that it's like almost like a um You've seen this type of story before, like you know. Uh, well, it's the oppression. Yeah, like the, the oppressed. The, the, yeah, the aspect of of, uh, of judging and oppressing based off of preference right. or or mm-hmm. I I don't pick anything. Uh, yeah. age, experience, race, religion, right. like yeah. that. The other being oppressed mm-hmm. uh, due to a misunderstanding, and or, then there being like this underground, yeah. you know, yeah. uprising against it and stuff. So you've seen kind of that before, um, but. With it being so boldly, outwardly about, you know, sex and even then pulling that apart more like uh, that is what is so striking about this about this book from the first page. <laughs> Literally. Oh, also the first text box. But, you know, yes. I, I like to piggyback on um, your comment too, like something that everyone does Mm -hmm. being objectified or being what they choose to uh i don't know um oppress with you know like sexuality and sex is literally every race religion creed everything everything so everybody being able to weaponize that and 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 then and then i mean and they and it's not just you know sex; it's sexuality mm-hmm. itself. Because there's a, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that's like pretty graphic and stuff like that. But there's a scene in this book in this book where a woman goes for a job interview. Yeah. And <laughs> she sits down, and the lady says, "Oh, that's a bold lipstick choice." Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa, mm-hmm. has it come to this? Yeah, and then it flashes directly to what her she could have been. Yeah, all the other <laughs> lipstick choices that she would have preferred, and this was her toned down lipstick choice. Exactly. And she still gets called out on it. Um, and the fact that, you know, there's a couple elements in here that I thought were interesting, especially the Fitbit sort of thing, mm-hmm. where I guess you can only have um, intercourse with your spouse for so long or or with whom, you know, only specific people. Yeah. And so the Fitbit on your wrist says, intercourse with wife this is what i'm doing now and it logs it with the government the my, pleasure center but mind you it you have you have to uh you have to reach a certain level before you can get the yeah. fitbit otherwise yeah. you have to do paperwork yeah because she has to do paperwork that she keeps forgetting yeah you know to do her sex paperwork um so yeah i, I thought this was really well done um and I, I don't think it's exploitative exploitative i always mess that up exploitative right. um there's a lot of graphic sex in there but i don't think any of it is lascivious i was gonna say like it's it it, it does it's the it's that that uh perce- uh, imperceivable fine line between exploitative Mm-mm. and explicit good wow oh it's it's the um the the fine line the imperceivable fine line between like art and porn it's yeah. it's uh it's ex it's not exploitative but it is incredibly explicit Oh yes, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really interesting. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to continue reading this. I think it's very interesting, and I'm curious to see where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy everything about it because I think the world building of the story is great mm-hmm. because you you immediately are brought into this world. I mean, the first two pages you learn are actually a flashback. Yet that's all you need to know what's happening in this world, and yeah. to, to be able to do that in two pages yep. um, is 
great storytelling by the writer mm-hmm. and by the artist. Yeah. The art, the artwork is is top notch. Now, the thing that I was interested uh, in, like, you heard me kind of chuckle as I was reading the Diamond solicitation for this, where you know they use their special bondage skills to thwart the government. But it's and cool. Then, and then they do it, you know, because she gets handcuffed and she's able to get out of the handcuffs because she's real used to handcuffs. Solid core strength. She got yeah. solid yeah. core strength yeah. from working on the working on the poles. You know, yeah. she knows how to to get away with them. Uh, yeah, she knows how them. to stab a man in the eye with her high heels. Well, the thing is, is she knows how to run in her high heels. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and this is this is all in the text box too. She's yeah. this is her ongoing like internal monologue. Of, yeah, they discredit me because of what I do, and I'm gonna like turn it this around. This is exactly yeah. what I can do. I'm curious <laughs> yeah. to see uh, moving forward if there are gonna be any other bondage-based superpowers. <laughs> it's pretty I mean, dope. But yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's probably a good knot. Yeah, I, yeah. I could. T- curious as a retailer. JD with with this book which is definitely you know in the comic book world I guess rated M for mature yeah yeah right? I'd say yeah. <laughs> very um, but as we've kind of pointed out it's not exploitative mm-hmm. so it doesn't fall in the lines of pornography so uh-huh. where do you then as a retailer put this comic book on your shelves because a lot of comic book stores have a dedicated adult section which more more to the point is porn but they're definitely bondage fairies yeah yeah but you know you got some (laughs) you got some 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 things that you know maybe skirt the line yeah, I've got um, Fearless. No, not not Fearless. Faithless. It's the Marvel book. Faithless. Faithless, which is another one. Like, I'm Fearless. Sh- yeah. The, the, no, I'm oh. just going to make a joke about how the... Yeah, the Miss Marvel book the is... The Miss Marvel porn. book is... is... Um, yeah, Faithless and, and um, this book, Safe Sex. Yeah, these I books really, are kind of... They're kind of, you know... Yeah, you? that's the problem, right? Like, if I if I put them on the shelf, anyone can just pick them up and flip through them. Mm-hmm. If I put them in bags and boards with little sensor things on them, then that's going to dissuade people who may want to pick them up to pick them up and look flip through them and see if they want to buy it. Because now there's like, well, now I have now I'm going into the shame. I have to open up the shame book mm-hmm. because I have to take it out of a thing. Um, so uh, I have chosen. It's on the shelf with all of the rest of the books. But I keep an eye out. I was going to say, um, the way that your store is laid out, there's no hidden corner yeah. with the rest. So when if, so. If, if a kid goes to pick it up, I go, that's not appropriate. Don't, you know, I look at that. And okay. they're like, well, or it's if, like, appropriate. Yeah. So that uh, that's my judgment. So that's your judgment on that? Yeah. Now, there is one up there, because the covers aren't pornographic covers. Not at all. The covers, everyone's clothed, so that's fine. There is, I ordered the Becky Cloonan erotic cover variant for Faithless, for Faithless number five because I love Becky Cloonan and that is uh, graphic. Uh, so that one Twice. I have put in a bag and board mm-hmm. and I have literally, I have tiny little post-its that I use to take notes on, you know, <laughs> put notes on. Uh, and I have strategically placed three little post-its uh, over the, the, the bits. You can tell what's going on, though. Yeah. Okay. Even with the post-its. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's so dumb to me, like, oh, look, there's nipples involved. I better cover those up. But if there was a cover with, like, someone getting their face blown off. It would be fine. It would be fine. So, 
that's sort of annoying just on a societal level. Yes. American society. But I hope that answers your question. Let's move on to Ghost Spider number two, written by Shauna McGuire, art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Uh, new friends, new villains, same Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. School is in session as Gwen's fall semester begins. What villain from the past stalks Gwen's travels? Uh, that's what Diamond had to say about it. I am super liking this book. I think I had said before that I wasn't really a big fan of the storytelling and the art in the previous Spider-Gwen books. Right. But this new Ghost Spider, as much as I hate her name. Yeah, uh, I, I think, do not like the name. Yeah, the writing is on point. Uh, it's easy to jump in if, you're, if you've never read a Gwen Stacy or a Gwen Spider. Jesus Christ. A Spider-Gwen book before. Uh, this catches you up. It gives you everything you need to know. And the art is really nice. I really like looking at it. Yes, the colors so are great. So, yeah, I'm super into this Ghost Spider book. What did you guys think, Len? I love this book. I really did. Jesus. And I didn't think that I would. I didn't think that I would love this whole idea of, like, I, I was bumped up against the whole idea of Spider-Gwen, period. Outside of I thought her design was fantastic. Yeah. Just the idea of, like, them bringing back Gwen Stacy. To me, Gwen Stacy was a character that would go on from years ago, you know? Um, and, and I understand that it's not the same, same Gwen Stacy. But specifically to this book, I really loved it. Hadn't read Spider-Gwen, the book itself. I think the most Spider-Gwen I've even come across was in the movie mm -hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, so I was actually, you know, kind of cool to read this. The, the character designs are great. Um, the, it's, the art is slightly cartoony. Um, it's got, but it's got bounce and energy to it. I love it. The storytelling, which is, it's, which is what I look for in an art. I look for good art and good storytelling. And all of that is right here, mm -hmm. right here. And the panels, uh, flow nicely from one to the other. You always have a sense of place of where the characters are. They introduce new characters. Each character has a distinctive look, a distinctive feel, and even more to the point, a distinctive vocabulary and way of speaking. So they, they, they sound different. I just loved everything about it. I even like that they brought back, you know, the old villain, spoiler alert, the Jackal. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. They brought back the Jackal. Hey, so you know of course, what? You're dealing with Gwen Stacy. You gotta have. You the gotta have the jackal. He sucks, and he loves. <laughs> he loves Gwen Stacy. Right. He's like. He's just like. As soon as someone says the name, he just like pops his head out. Like, oh, what? What? But Gwen. Gwen? Stacy? Someone say Gwen. Exactly, and it worked for me. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I, I really, really enjoyed this comic book. It was now fun. talking about the um, the storytelling and the movement in the panels. So we were talking about a specific artist several weeks ago who likes to use lots and lots of panels that mean nothing. Mm. They are it's just like it'll be one big image, and all of a sudden there's like 19 panels within. Uh, uh, sort of within that same image, and it doesn't really convey motion at all. Not at all. Um, was it Milev? No, not Malieve. Um Diodato. Uh, Diodato. Diodato will put all of these extraneous panels well, no, and he, gutters. It's not even panels. He, like he, 
he breaks up one image. That's with, what I'm saying. Oh, you, but no, but you, yeah, you, you didn't make say it, it sound, like that. Yeah, oh, extraneous I, I, means like yeah. there's extra panels, and no, it's really just one picture that yeah. he breaks broke, up, broke up into with panels, like false for panels, no almost false panels. Yeah, Thank mm-hmm. you. yeah, it's one image. And what I'm looking at here is there's three panels, but it's one image. Yes, but the character within is moving. Yes. So in panel one, she is you're you're standing on a rooftop, sort of near a um another billboard mm-hmm. and you're watching Gwen across the street. Mm-hmm. Gwen has dove off of the the building across from you and then in the next panel, which is the same image across all three panels, um, all you hear is a thwip sound and then a little bit of webbing appearing and then the next panel is her having finished that arc and is swinging through the panel past you. Yes. Yeah, it it's, is it's like a wonderful. It's a shared background, but he used the panel sp- like the panel split to show the motion of a character through one shared background. Yeah. Whereas yeah. What, like Diodato is just I'm going to draw a splash page. Yeah. And I'm going to put grids on it. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. For no reason. Yeah. But I think this is really kind of brave because it real on the second panel she's nowhere to be seen. And she it's has, just a sound effect. Yeah, and she she has but it's clear that she has dove off she has webbed the thing near you and is in the third panel used that to propel herself past you. Yeah. Wonderful storytelling. Yeah, and but it's it's all there because when she d- dives off you see her shadow on the building cascading yeah. down which gives you the direction in where she yeah. is going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the storytelling, the story fits it because she says, "Oh my god, in this world with so many heroes and people still don't look up." Yeah. And yeah. it's Perfect. Yeah. Perfect storytelling. Story plus art equals great comic. Yeah. They did a great job. I'm excited for more of this. The only thing I would say is that the new woman who was introduced, the Australian friend that Mm -hmm. she makes on the first day of college, um, is another blonde, another white woman with blonde hair. Um, And if if she wasn't wearing that cap, I'm not entirely sure she would look very different from Gwen herself other than Gwen has bangs. So that's all. That's, I mean, that's kind of it. Maybe I think that if you look on the the page where she actually is introduced and is actually speaking to Gwen, there's a a, a little subtle difference between mm-hmm. the between their faces. Just, yeah, she's also their noses little, are different. As well. Yeah, the noses yeah. are slightly different, and her skin is, um, I guess, from living in Australia, tan. darker, darker yeah. hue. Um, but yeah, great. I'm excited for more of this. Oh, one one other oh. thing though, and this is a, a little picky. Gwen is. The comic book deals with her first day of college. Yeah. And one of her teachers is Peter Parker. Yeah. He's like a TA, isn't he? Right. He's a TA. This Peter Parker has black hair. Oh. And Peter Parker historically has had brown hair. Oh, that's true. Because Oh, you're right. And and that and because at first I was like, oh, is this a different Peter Parker or oh. stuff like that? Yeah, good and, call. And, and that was and I wanted to be sure because I don't read the comics like that. Have they retconned his hair in no. any type no. of way? No. Be- I didn't think so because in your Spider-Man comic book, yeah. he had brown hair. Yeah, this is a colorist mistake, I think. Yeah. Okay. Because it's the black inks with the blue underneath of it, you've got the Superman look from the you know the yeah, it 40s. Looks, historically. It looks like the shiny yeah. Superman look, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Good call. He's got brown hair, but it's black here. Not my. Uh, you know not what? Maybe he maybe he went to the salon. He went to Starshine Salon. He saw Sushan, and he was like, "You know what? I need a little bit of something. Darken it up." Hashtag not my Parker. <laughs> He's always been brown. 
Um, all right, let's wrap it up with Batman Superman number two, written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, is it Williams or William Williamson? Art by David Marquez. The Batman Who Laughs plot is bigger than either the Cape Crusader or the Man of Steel realized. Following a showdown with the de devious killer's first sentinel, a jacked-up, dark multiverse-infected Shazam, the pair has to figure out who else has been targeted for similar transformations. The first two guesses, someone very close to Batman and the one hero who could make failure nearly impossible, Superman himself. This book is fun. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I'm um, really enjoying I, it. The, there was a couple of things that happened like early on that I, were, I was like, all right, or, or really that? But as it progressed, I was just like, oh, okay, this is really fun. And the, the conversation between um, Bruce and Clark at, in the uh, Fortress of Solitude was just great. Yeah. And I didn't see the end of this coming. I almost don't want to – we shouldn't maybe not talk about it. Oh, okay. The actual, the, the like, the, the final page. Because yeah. yeah. I did not expect that. Same. Yeah. Um, in fact, I went back. When I got to the reveal, I went, wait a minute. And I flipped back a couple pages, and I reread, and I'm like, what's happening here? What? How did? What's going on? So then I figured it out. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, I, it's, it's really well done. It's, both uh, of them have had good cliffhangers. Yeah. Issue one and two. Yeah. And this one wasn't spoiled in previews. Yeah. Um. And I, but I don't mean the previews no. catalogs. I mean literally, they had the spoiler in backups of other comics all yeah. all month. Wow, yes. Yeah. But this is this is good. Um, I also at first I thought it was weird that um, Sh uh, Evil Shazam had a battering that literally had Superman's logo on yeah, it. Yeah, that. But they talk about it in the story. Like, yeah, they did. They they're sense. all made for specific people. So this yeah. is a larger plot of. And we we know yeah. how much. Bruce likes um, logos. Yeah. He likes himself a logo. He's, he's good at marketing. I also, yeah, I also thought like, um, so the Batman who laughs has his own Batwing, mm -hmm. and Bruce destroys it, which yeah. is great. That whole sequence was fun. Um, this is just big stupid. This is this is yeah. that's what it is. This is the Avengers movie version of look everything and the kitchen sink because yeah. mm -hmm. all these because these titans are together. Like this is fun. I like this a lot. Yeah, really. And uh, this pan, the David Marquez art, man, oh, he so is the art is great. Destroying the it. Art is it's fantastic. so good. Yes. Even this, the uh, Superman showing up, and he's been, he's had his ass whooped. Yes. Like the the pose on that, mm -hmm. you, you can feel, you can feel his ribs. Like, ah, ow. This does feel. This has the same kind of gravitas or weight that. Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis did. I was yeah. just about to say. Batman yeah. Superman. Because I feel like the brand itself is kind of diluted and every time they try and relaunch it. Because mm -hmm. it was always big, colorful, just stupid, Just big, dumb, fun. stupid, yeah. fun. Just balls to the wall action. This is like that. Yeah. My only question is, why are they not... Why are they just playing with this... It's Batman Superman. Or now it's Superman Batman. Why don't they just put out World's, World's Finest... Finest. Yep. Why don't just put out World's Finest? Because nobody's doing anything with it. Because people coming into a comic shop are not going to know what World's Finest means. They see the words Batman and Superman. Oh, I get it. Yeah, they tried. I'm they with you. Long-term reader, World's Finest. It's got it's got gravitas. It's got history, all that other stuff. Yeah, but you but know I also get if you want people off the street to grab a book, Batman, Superman. There was um, they did that. They tried to do it with Brave and the Bold with Mark Wade. What, oh yeah, five years ago. Yeah, and it was like it was longer than that. Yeah, yeah. 
that didn't work. Yeah. People were like, wait. I don't get it. What? Which one's the brave and which one's the bold? Well, like, Bullshit. so it's a different set of characters, every one? Batman and someone else? Well, see, but it. that's different. I am, uh, That's different. This, I mean, you could put it, you could put Superman, Batman, brave wor- the, or world's world. finest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people will get it. Um, I understand it. The brand World's Finest were years removed since it was really a thing. So yeah. many people may not, you know, recognize that. Um, Better recognize. But I think you could make it recognized. Yeah. Because Batman, Superman, Superman, Batman, it doesn't flow as a title. No, it doesn't. It's just you're saying two character names. <laughs> um, this, this, we're just going to change the name billing? of this show to Is Len, Brian, Noel. Nolan, J.D., um, well, no, this, no, that that's um, that's the new series. Oh yeah, but then we'll reboot it because it'll be <laughs> Noel Bryan, Lynn, yeah. and JD. I was gonna say, uh, so does Batman get top billing based off of he sells more? No, it's his turn because the other one was Superman, Batman. Was it the last one was Superman, Batman? Hmm. I like the look of this. Oh, so I have a question about uh, the logistics of Shazam's outfit, his tunic. Um, when he says the word Shazam, does, is he able to choose in his mind's eye how his costume is going to form? Because now that he's the Shazam who laughs, all of a sudden he's got like a fur cloak. He's got spikes, 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 he's got spikes on his knuckles, which it just, just forms when he says his name. Knuckle spikes. I think they could have a lot of fun with that of like, if he just can picture whatever he wants and that's what becomes his outfit. Thunder spikes. Thunder spikes. Nice. (laughs) All right. It's about that time for the Back Issue Book Report. Noel, last time we gave you a book that you are going to do a book report on. And I'm going to feed you the questions because you didn't pre-do it. That's fine. Oh, no. You know, I was just prepping a bunch of other stuff. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Make sure everything was read. What's the title? Uh, This is Origin, Part 1 of 6, The Hill, written by Paul Jenkins. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Plot by Paul Jenkins, Bill Jemis, and Joe Quesada. Hmm. Script by Paul Jenkins. And pencils by Andy Kubert. 1999 is the release date. Um, the main characters of the story are... Uh, we've got Rose, a 12-year-old um, house girl. Sure. The Howlett family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the patriarch, I forget his name already. Uh, their little sickly boy. And the mother that doesn't come out of her room. Mm-hmm. And the um, groundskeeper by the name of Logan and his son Dog. Mm. Oh Jesus! Christ. All right. What was the problem in the story? Um, the problem in the story was well, my problem with the story was that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Just do was that. Was that there was <laughs> there was absolutely no conflict in this first issue. It's literally Rose showing up. Um, it sounds like she was sold to this family <laughs> to be a best friend of Jimmy, little James Howlett, because uh-huh. he's got no friends. Um, and it's like her first year there. It literally goes by. Um, you meet everybody. All the kids play with each other. And Christmas happens. And we find out that Logan, uh, the groundskeeper, beats the shit out of his son. That's it. Oh. The, the, way, the issue ends with... Him whipping his boy, and then that's it. Really? There's no claws or nothing? No. That's the first issue Jesus ends with that. It's just a blizzard and, and an outhouse where, they, where the, the groundskeeper lives. Absolutely nothing happens in Jesus this except, like, 
This is the first 20 minutes of a Pride and Prejudice style book. Okay. All right. Interesting, I guess. Or story what, or movie. Or what was your favorite part of the story? Did you have a favorite part? Or are you just waiting for it to be over? Um, I got to think. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no favorite part. Um, Neither no. was there a favorite ad. I, I, well, you know what? My favorite part of the book was um, Richard Eisenhoff's digital painting. Oh, yeah. Um, that was like you could tell how I remember this feeling new, but you can tell how they were still kind of figuring it out, mm-hmm. which was interesting, especially on Andy Kubert's pencils. Uh, so the art was fun. Oh, was there a favorite ad? Uh, I, it's <clears> a tie. <throat> I had a tie between two favorite ads. There was a double page at, uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings action figure set. Uh-huh. Um, the trilogy begins. The trilogy begins December 2001. So this was like two years before the movies even came out. But wow. they had a full action figure line. Wow. And a two-page spread to sell it. Yeah. Yikes. With a, uh, the full-size sting sword and an Urukai bow and arrow. Like, this was great. This I didn't realize there was so much hype leading up to The Lord of the Rings. Two years of hype. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. This was the it. same summer that they had that first um, that first teaser poster. It's literally mm-hmm. just Frodo with the ring. Oh, yeah. wow. Uh, and I then also, watch those. the yeah. other one was a disgusting, cheesecake-y, uh, almost pornish um, collectible card game ad. Uh-huh. Oh, Yeah. I'm oh, seeing yeah. a lot of Greg Horn. Oh, yep. It's so bad. Like, yeah. The but there's a joke inside of Daredevil in there, and it's nice. Yeah, that's down in the bottom. I'm talking about the top left. Yeah, um, that's not Electra what here. Your eye, though. Yeah. Like, there's no way that underwear would fit anywhere yeah. in that yep. outfit. Yep. Legs spread wide Very open. Very cheesecake. This is yeah. this is it's it's almost its upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it feels weird. <laughs> um, other than that, no, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I remember being really disappointed in that series. You should be. Yeah, I've Our, never read it. Oh, good. You're, oh, you're, you're oh, good. Good. I didn't say anything. Yeah, it's the, it's the origin. It's technically the origin of Wolverine. Right. Yeah. Who, there's a twist. Who ends up? Oh, do, do we want to spoil it? Because yes. we know what happens next. Uh, the sickly little boy Jimmy Howlett is actually uh, grows up to be Wolverine. Yeah, I think in the first issue you're supposed to think that dog, it's dog. and yeah, dog is going to grow up to be Logan. But oh my God, it's the "Quote unquote prissy little sickly kid." Yeah, and and they they allude to the fact that the groundskeeper had an affair with the mother. Yeah, and that and bore. So actually, like, so this is actually you know. So dog winds up being saber Yeah, yeah. This is actually Wolverine's father, who's it looks the groundskeeper. Exactly like Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this book was bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> you know why I never read it? Wolverine, another character. I didn't need his origin. Well, that's what we talked about. We yeah. talked about that. Whether or not who we needed Wolverine's I'm origin. Put this back in the poly bag. All right, we're done. You're gonna roll the die, Len. Oh, no. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, can I can I select for him? Yeah. Go. All right. All right. So, I have to roll the die. Yep. Which I have, and it came up fourteen. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N N. All right. So go into the N portion of the back issues. So now we go to the N. Is everything in front of? In the back everything issues. After. Do you not know how back issues work? It's after the tab, Noel. Now, fish your hand in there. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got Nightwing number 29 of the New 52 by Kyle Higgins and Russell Dowderman. All right. So next week, Len is going to give us his back issue book report for that book. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Spoiler Alert.
Guttered tongue. No, it's more like that. If you want to help out the show, you can go to Patreon dot com slash Johnny Destructo and give us some ducats. You can text or you can't text me. You can tweet at me <laughs> at JD's Hero Complex. I'm a professional. And you can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you want to yell at us, do it. That's cool too. No. Uh, you can just find me on the social medias of all types and flavors. Uh, email or uh, yeah, uh, tweet you get at the me. Same thing. Email. Yeah, <laughs> Dummy. And, uh, at Mr. Bartoji. M R B A R T O C C I. Len. Hey, hit me up on Twitter at the Bat Tribble or Black Tribbles. My uh, my home away from a home where we talk about everything geeky. Too cool to be nerds. Cute. Cu- too, too cute. Too cool to be geeks. Too cute to be nerds. We yeah. are Black Tribbles. Blacktribbles dot com. Um, where all of our podcasts live, including Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. 